in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 1. And then I'm going to talk to you a little bit from a familiar scripture. Matthew 11, which you hear me say all the time. Now, I promised that I would share with you today why we need to be a real thorn in the side of some of our friends. Simply because humanity has this prolonged habit of putting things off that they should have done long ago. Our flesh is at war with our minds sometimes. We know we need to change. We know we need to be working out our soul salvation. And I don't want us to feel that I'm feuding and fussing with you today, but I do have some things that may not make us feel good. First of all, we need to know why we are on earth. And I want to remind you of that. You and I have been sent to earth to work with the Holy Spirit in bringing men and women to hear the gospel and become citizens of the kingdom of God. You and I have been sent to earth to help God by bringing men and women to give a hearing to God's word so that they may become citizens of the kingdom and members in the body of Christ. Membership in the body of Christ was so essential, so important, that God sent a special prophet named John. We call him John the Baptist, but he really wasn't a Baptist. He was a baptizer. And so John came to do what was traditional in the Bible in the Old Testament. Look at me now. Watch me because I'm trying to give you something that's vital here. In the Old Testament, when somebody important was going to be coming along the way, they would hire or charge a runner to go along in front and announce to people that a great figure is coming and you need to come out, be by the roadside to see him. That was the normal thing in the tradition of the Judean era. So you and I need to understand that there is 
in the Bible evidence that Jesus was coming. And the Bible says John was the forerunner. He came to say, hello, everybody. You need to repent and get your act together because someone is coming after me. And that person is so important that I am not really qualified to unlatch his shoes. But he is vitally important because he is the Lord, the Messiah, the coming one, the Savior, if you will. And you need to see him. You need to meet him. You need to get up and come out to meet him. Now, 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 he's coming for everybody. But he is only coming to a certain place. You then have to come to him. If you want to see the Savior, prepare yourself. So when you see him, you're going to want to be with him. And here's the process. If you want to be him, change your way of thinking. That means repent. Change your way of looking at issues because from now on you're going to need to look at him. Not at a system. You're not coming now to see somebody who is coming uh, to just take from you. He's the one that's coming to save you. And you need a relationship with him. You see, the kingdom now is coming and he is the king of the kingdom. There wouldn't be a kingdom without a king. And he is the king of the kingdom. So you need to prepare to come and see him. Amen? What do you need to do? Change your mind. Repent. Get baptized. Now, baptism is a vitally important thing. Baptism was a symbol of actually shedding off one thing and rising to live something better. Now, when we go in the water to be baptized, we go in identifying with Jesus Christ who went into the grave. You all have to excuse me. I get a little excited. He went down into a borrowed tomb. Now, he borrowed it because he wasn't going to need it very long. Went into a borrowed tomb, only stayed there for three days because he's going to give it back because he ain't going to need it after this. And he's doing that to show you and me what our situation is to be. We need to identify with him who died for us and then rose, amen, to a newness of life that he'll never, ever die again. And he says to you and me, you must not die. 
that second death. And the only way you can keep from dying is that you make the appropriate connection with Jesus. Am I making sense now? If you, if, you, if you don't understand this, stick your hand up and we'll talk about it. You see, now the Lord Jesus and John were cousins and they came at a time that divided history. John was the last of the Old Testament while at the same time he was the first of the New Testament. But he was coming to let folk know that the old way is out now. You can't expect to be a member of the kingdom of God unless you come down, be willing to wash off the law and the Old Testament and all the stuff that made you, amen, a victim, and now come rise up to follow Jesus who is going to make you the victor. And here you will be able to understand the fullness of what it is you are about by being on the earth. God didn't send us here to be lumps on the log. God sent you and me to earth to work with the Holy Spirit in helping him, amen, to be able to reach out. Because the Holy Spirit is busy wooing people to the Lord. He's busy drawing men and women to the Lord. And sometimes humanity gets so busy, they don't even recognize the bumps in the road. Before you get to the toll plaza on the Richmond San Rafael Bridge, not the Richmond San Rafael, it's another bridge, us, the, the one over near Vallejo. Yeah, they got, a, they got bumps in the road to let you know you don't just go driving through here. You've you got to stop. Either you got to have a, <laughs> a fast track or you're going to have to stop and pay. And so these little bumps in the road remind people, yeah, yeah. wake up. There's something to be done before you get through here. Now, sometimes God gives us a little bump in the road. Sometimes you might have a little illness, a little bump in the road. Need to see the doctor. One eye almost go out. Bump in the road. Somebody real close to you die. Just a bump in the road. Just a reminder. <laughs> some, some, something goes crazy that you thought ought to go another way. God just trying to tell you. Amen. Your heart go flip, 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 and, and uh, you run to the doctor. Just a bump in the road. Just remind you. You, 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 you got to get your work done. You got to do something before you get out of this bed. Amen? You got to get the job. All right. Now let me see if, <laughs> if I can help us to understand you are on earth by the grace of God, by the plan of God. You were sent here that you might work with the Holy Ghost to bring folk to the kingdom of God. And some of us are so busy serving our stinking flesh, pumping and shooting up and Puffing. Y'all still here? Serving our flesh.
flesh, and it does not pay anything when you serve it. It'll never even say thank you. It'll ask you when you get through giving it everything you got. You're almost dead, and they'll look at you and say you've gotten more of that. We need to understand that you and I have been sent here by the living God to participate in a program that evangelizes the world. (coughs) Excuse me. You are to let your neighbor know God gives you and me a sphere of influence that tells people in your sphere of influence you have some responsibility to remind them that you got to give an account to the almighty God. That's why God gives you influence over folk. That's why God has given you the position you're in. So you can take charge and be responsible to help folk to be overcomers. There's nothing wrong with dying. Born to die. Came here to leave. Nothing wrong with getting... Even getting sick, there's nothing in the Bible that guarantees physical healing. Are y'all still with me? I just want, I want to know now. If you, if you, if you, I don't want you to get through before I do. So I want you to understand that we men have decided that we're going to take it upon ourselves to band together in this church and begin to grow. Brother, the other day come up with a slogan that says we ought to have something that says to people, come and grow with us. That's our aim. The empty seats, I don't want to be responsible. Somebody standing in the judgment saying, I would have come if they had asked me to come. I would have come if they had invited me. We're going to put ourselves out so that everybody in our sphere of influence is going to get an invitation from me. Hello? Everybody you know that's not saved ought to hear something from you that echoes the fact that you need to come and be a part of what God is doing in my life. It's called evangelism. That's what the church is all about. God didn't save us to sit down and be a bench warmer. Bench don't need warming. We need to tune our ears so we hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church. Because if we don't hear, they can't hear out there. They can't hear because they didn't, you didn't go and tell them the word of God. And God is holding you accountable. That's why he gives you breath to breathe. That's why he gives you hope and help. So you can tell men and women about the goodness of the mighty God. Hello. Isaiah chapter 1. Let's try verse 18 19. Come when? Come when? The Lord says, hello, y'all, y'all look, look at me because I want you to get that word. What was the word she said, the first word? That's our message. What do we got to tell folk? Come when? Come now. And let's what? There's one translation that says, come and let's argue the points out. God is willing to take time to reason with you and me. Did you hear that? Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. 
well, Lord, maybe I'm, uh, I'm not, maybe, maybe I, I'm still got sin. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you got sin. Doesn't matter if you're still walking in sin. The time to do something about it is to come when? Come now. And let's what? Let's argue this thing out. What is God going to argue about? You need to tell God why you would hesitate to come now. What's your reason for saying, no, I'll be back next week? Who told you you're going to have a next week? Who said you're going to get by till tomorrow? That's why the scripture says, come when? And let's what? Reason together. And listen, this is something, David, you don't get this kind of deal. You go to some of these jobs, you got to have pre-preparation. You got to have your act together. Your education got to be right. Everything's got to be on the up and up. Here the Bible says, I'm not talking to you about whether you are up or down, whether you're half to the ground. I'm telling you to come now. I don't care what your sin situation is. If you come now, we can reason together and your sin be as scarlet. They'll be white as snow when I get through. Though they be red like crimson, they're going to be as smooth as wool. Because that's what the blood does when you come. If you're willing to come, some of us are dragging our feet. What are you waiting for? How has the world treated you? The stuff you've been into. You love it so much, you'd rather have that than God's forgiveness? Come when? And let's do what? You ain't thinking just right. God said, come. I'm going to help you with your stinking thinking. What's the next verse say? If you what? If you be. Now, when God created you and me, he created us with something like himself. God has a mind, we have a mind. God has desires, we have desires. God has a will, we have a will. God has a <coughs> That's the part that makes me know it's got to live either with God or without God. So God created you in his image so that you will live and be with him forever. And he wants your help right now. Some of us would deny God the opportunity to use the vessel he created for himself. First Corinthians tell us you are not your own. You were bought with a price. When Christ hung on the cross, he paid for you. <coughs> and now all he asks of you is to come. Like you are. Don't fix it up. Don't try to go back and straighten it up. Come now. Bring it with you. Bottle in your pocket. Stuff in your... <laughs> Bring it now. We'll find a garbage can. Come now. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You, you want to argue about something? Tell me what's wrong with that invitation. 
What's wrong with it? How come you can't come? What's keeping you? What you got to do more than getting right with God? Come now. We ought to have an altar call now. God is so gracious. People get this idea that I want to get cleaned up before I go to church. If you can clean yourself up, you don't need God. That's why I said come now. Come as you are. Bring your junk. Amen. And put it on the altar. Ask God for some help. Come now. Let's reason. You say, well, I'm... Devil will tell you, say, you, you, you too, you too bad. You've been sinning too much. You, you're going to have to clean some of it up before you go to God. God said, I don't care if your sin is like scarlet. I mean, that's scarlet is some red. Y'all hear me? Now, you got scarlet red on. You almost need some shades to look at it. Sin glaring like a spotlight. Amen. Radiating. Amen? God said, I'm not worried about that. I come, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to fix it up and prepare it and pat it down and do all of that. Come! That's the order of the day. Come. Some folk been fooling around telling I'm getting better. You, you ain't getting better. Time does not make us better. Time will harden you. That's why the Bible said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Because every day you wait, it makes it more difficult for you to make a decision. That's why he says, come when? Then he said in the next verse, verse 19, if you be willing, if you get your will in order. Get your reach out and get it and tell it. It's got to obey and agree with the will of God. That's what your will got to do. It ought to agree with God's will. That's why God gave you a will so your will and his will would be one. Amen? God called you. Come when? Say it to your neighbor. Come, neighbor. When? If you be willing. God said, you say, well, I've been struggling with this now for two. You ain't willing. That's your problem. You're not willing to trust God. You ain't willing to hear God. Anybody that ain't willing to listen and hear God and come, you are crazy. You're going to die without God because you stubborn? Excuse me. Don't go out in the street and say, Pastor, up there, call it folk a fool. <laughs> he calling folk crazy. I want to tell you something. It don't make good sense to put off till tomorrow what you need to get straightened out today. We need to do it now. And God, I'm sure God is faithful. He's been working on you and working on you. Have some things you done messed up and you wish you could get back and straighten it up. You can, might not be able to clean up the path, but you can do one thing. You can take it from here on 
Amen. And have the presence and love of God working with you. Amen. <coughs> Amen. 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 God will put your sins in the sea of forgetfulness and then put up a sign saying, no fishing. Well, you know what you used to be like. Yeah, but I ain't that no more. Got your grammar all right now. I ain't that no more. Hello? If you be willing and obedient, that's our problem. The other side of obedience is disobedience. And disobedience is a form of rebellion. And rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. And when God looked up and see you, he done warned you and you keep rebelling. He pulled on you and you keep going the other way. You don't want God to leave you alone. You don't want God to take his hand off and stop pulling at you. You don't want God to stop tugging and begging and pleading with you and drawing. You don't want that to happen. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says my spirit will not always strive. With me. The time you keep having it, you keep saying, I ain't going. I want to do it my way. I want to do my thing. Eventually God will say, go ahead. If you be willing and obedient, what do you say will happen? You'll have the good of the land. Everybody else's turnips didn't grow. Yours grew up. All happened in somebody's peach tree was blossomed, but you got peaches. God want to bless you in spite of the situation. God will do things for you in a situation that ain't. Listen, when, 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 when this man uh, was, was asking God to give him a sign, he said, Lord, I'm going to put this fleece down here. See that fleece right there? Now, I want you to wet that fleece and let everything else be dry. Now, next morning, he went out there and picked up and wrung water out of the fleece. He said, oh, Lord. said, don't, don't, don't hold it against me, but I'll tell you what, Lord. I just need one more little sign. One more little sign. One more little sign, Lord. And he said, tomorrow morning, uh, let the fleece be dry and everything else around it wet. He came down the next morning, picked up the fleece. Glad he didn't have asthma. <laughs> Dusty fleece. Wet everywhere. But on the fleece. God is willing to help you and me to see him. Trust him. Check him out. Ask him a question. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm closed with this today. That ain't all I wanted to say. One of these days you're going to be glad you sacrifice your flesh in order to come to the living God. One of these days 
You can stand in the presence of God and say, look, I almost missed it. Look at the joy, the bliss, the eternal, excellent. Oh, my God. And I almost missed it. Serving flesh. Walking in sin. You need the glory of God in your life. God want to do something to you. Listen to what he says, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Did you hear what he said? What did he say? Come. Come. Well, there it is again. Who can come? Who can come? Got a burden? Come. Got doubts? Come. Don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? Come. Household breaking up? Come. Joy bells not ringing? Come. Peace gone? Come. <laughs> Faith is withered? Come. <laughs> Tired and wore out? Come. <laughs> I, I want to preach. My, my, my. Can't you hear him calling you? Come, all ye. No matter where you're coming from, all of you come. You that are laboring and are heavy laden, what you going to do for me? I'll give you rest. You don't have to tire no more. Don't have to worry anymore. Don't have to doubt anymore. You can cut them friends loose that ain't going where you want to go. And have the company of the presence of God walking with you every day. You can come and be with Him. I want to tell you something. You can't love and live with Jesus and still be so hungry for the folk you had to leave. uh, Preach on, Pastor. Preach on. If I wasn't so old, I'd shout some. Come! Everybody can come. You got a good reason not to come? Come. Come. The, Isaiah said you can do it now. Don't have to put it off. Come. <coughs> what you coming to? You're coming to your place of rest. Coming to where the agony cease. Come to where the addiction want to fall off. Come to where the glory begin to shine out. Come to where the joy of the Lord flows in your veins. Come. You all right, Lord. You ain't nobody like you. Woo! If you're heavy laden, come. What are you going? I'm gonna give you rest. I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna take the burden from you. I'm going to let you walk the day with joy and peace. I'm going to let you have. (laughs) Oh, my, 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 my. 
The devil kept some folk from being here today. They took a day off. Amen. But they missed what God. You go tell them what God said. Come. And then let's get this last verse in there. What did that last verse say? That last verse. Take my. Take my. Now God said this. Uh, there's a difference in the yoke that you are carrying and the yoke he has for you. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. The stuff you are hooked up with, God said my yoke is easier. You know why it's easy? Because he's going to yoke up with you. <laughs> Amen. You, you can walk with God. Amen. <laughs> my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. My burden, I'm meek. You ought to get to know me. That's what he's saying. You need to get to know me. You need to get to know me. My yoke is easy. My yoke, if you hook up under my yoke, you're going to have it easy. Amen? It'll be like your exercise. See, you don't want to just sit down and do nothing. You want to exercise a little bit. Amen. I can't get up and walk down the street. Oh, my friend Danny, he comes along sometime and tells me how many miles he walks. I can't walk no miles. I sit down, though, and raise it up. I'm not trying to compete with you. Some folk can't raise their hand, but I can Amen. Be some driving down the street, and some folk think maybe I'm waving at them. I'm praising the Lord. Hello. Come to me. Amen. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My, my, my. Woo. My burden. That stuff you've been carrying, you can put your little knapsack down. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't been born on the farm. You don't know much about the mules in the wagon. But there used to be an old man had to go to town and pick up a bag of groceries, put it on his shoulder, and walk home. And he was walking home with this big heavy bag on his shoulder. Man come along the wagon. Said, Sir, would you like to ride? He said, oh, I would be so obliged, and got popped up in the wagon and sit there with his sack on his back. The man said, sir, said, why don't you lay your burden down? He said, I couldn't ever ask you to take care of both me and my burden. But when Jesus takes over, baby, you can put your sack down. Just get on the wagon. Don't worry about the mule being blind. Get in that wagon. Give me the line. <laughs> I'm predating myself back there, sister Dugall. <laughs> what did God want you to do? Is this the wrong time? What he said in the Old Testament, come when? Do I have to 
lay stuff down and quit doing this and come at, all right. That's what God is asking. I think, I, I believe God is saying today that we men have decided if we won't let you drive drunk, we ain't going to let you go to hell. We're going to stop you somehow if we can. You need to be a part of what we're doing to bring this gospel, this warning to the folk in your sphere of influence. There are some folk in your sphere of influence do like they do because you give them permission to do it. I'm talking to the folk on this side now. There are some folk in your sphere of influence they are doing that junk because you're doing junk and you let them do it. When you stop doing junk and you stand up for Jesus, I'm talking to this side now. You got any folk out there that you know you need to help stop? You stop and watch them when you stop and see if they don't say, the Lord's been trying to get me to stop for a long time. And you don't just stop. When you stop something, then you got to start again. Stop disobeying, dishonoring the call of God. Stop rebelling. Then start obeying. Blind man sitting on the side of the road heard that Jesus was coming by. Oh, son of the living God, son of David, I need you to have mercy on me. Jesus stopped the caravan. said, bring him to me. And when he got there, he said, tell me what you want. He said, I want to see. Y'all ever read that story? Y'all ought to, read it. Y'all ought to, go, open, y'all ought to go home and look at it. Because in that story, in that story, he didn't touch him. He didn't put nothing on his eyes. No mud, no laying hands on, no nothing. What do you want? I want to see. You got it. And blind Bartimaeus left his post, went with Jesus by faith, seeing. Can you imagine him walking down the street looking at trees that he may have never seen before? Can you see him? glorifying God for the sun that was shining. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. When you give Jesus a chance, you're going to see stuff you ain't never seen. Come now.